Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted T and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who's sitting right there. <laughs> it goes by Big Orange Vols. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> Great. This was for you, LSU. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we were joking. It's, I mean, it's only as we're recording here. It's Tuesday, but yeah. we haven't we haven't seen each other since Sunday. Yeah, feels like an eternity. I mean, back then LSU had national championship hopes. Yeah, I didn't look quite like a dumbass for picking them to win the West. A lot's changed since Sunday. You know what? Absolutely, Mike. It's been kind of an eventful two nights. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, LSU getting manhandled by Florida State. That was embarrassing. Florida State's probably all tuned in. The whole state's tuned into this show. They want to see (laughs) these two idiots react to that game. But I I will say this, too. South Carolina fans. I mean, just I I, I guess all SEC, Clemson did go down. So I'm not saying that. That helps LSU's situation, but you know, Gamecock fans especially uh, took a took a black guy with North Carolina. Clemson made fun of them all weekend, and then they got embarrassed by Duke. <laughs> it comes around quick, you know. Uh, hickory dickory dock, my friend. <laughs> uh, so any day that uh, Clemson goes down is a good day for the SEC fans. You know what's interesting? I had not even planned to ask you this, Shane, but I think I already know the answer. If you could give South Carolina and Clemson fans truth serum yeah. right now, and you said you can switch coaches right now, no, you know, all things equal, don't have to like trade players or anything like yeah. that. I would bet you probably about 90, 95% of Clemson fans will make that trade. Mm-hmm. And I bet you not a damn South Carolina fan will make that trade. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think the true serum's big. Nobody, neither one would admit it. Neither one of them. But yes, because one, I feel like we're at the end yep. of a road, mm-hmm. and the other one at the start. Yeah. Um, Shane Beamer has, and nothing against Spencer yet, but Shane Beamer has not had once in a lifetime talent quarterback come through those doors yet. Right. How many times has Clemson had that? And as soon as they don't have that. The wheels fall off. This if, this offense is garbage. And you lose your defensive coordinator, and yep. all of a sudden the defense just – it's like you almost say, okay, what? it wasn't the coach. It was what's around that coach is what made Clemson successful. And I don't know, man. I've got my eye on this recruiting class. I, I, I was looking – I saw a couple of Sammy quotes, you know, and I don't know if they were true or not, but it's just a matter of time for Clemson's not the big, bad, fun place to hang out anymore. Yeah, and uh, well, but one thing, Shane, while it's true, I mean, generational quarterbacks gone from Clemson, they've suffered. The kid they got now, Kate Klubnick, he was yeah. a five-star, I believe. Yeah. The guy before him, DJU, was mm-hmm. higher rated than Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, they, they're getting them, yeah. but they're not developing them. Exactly. And what Shane Beamer and his staff, they're open to the transfer portal, they're open to NIL, and Dabo's not, and you're seeing the results of that. You yeah. know what? The, uh, it, it's, 
it's a change, man. And, and that's one thing he, you know, he was never a fan of paying players, the name image likeness. We all saw the, <laughs> you know, the, the Jesus quote that he had out there. And, and, and I don't know. I just think that times, times you, we said this with Jimbo last year, uh, and, and I'm not bringing up, you know, the bad days of Texas A&M, but, you know, here was a coach that was kind of stuck in his ways. Yeah. And, and finally he's embracing the new concept, the new offense, and maybe he doesn't know the answers to everything. And uh, those that adapt survive, you know, and I just feel like that's where we're going to be with Clemson. And it's like I joke that it's good for, for SEC, but look at – you just mentioned all the talent that has come down there that were stolen from – Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and South Carolina, you know. Right. So if Clemson's not a fun place to be anymore, those recruits are going to start landing back into this conference. So, uh, yeah, every time Clemson loses, it's, it's big for our, big for us. Well, Shane, I could talk about Clemson losing <laughs> yeah, for all day long, but we got some SEC football to dive into. Tons and tons of matchups. This yeah. uh, it's going to be a hell of a weekend, Shane. None of these point spreads, unlike last week. Well, Georgia still, but uh, most of them are one-score point spreads, uh-huh. unlike uh, last week, 40, 38, all this. Yeah. So we got some games to break down, buddy. You ready to talk some SEC ball? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this will be a preview. We got to start Texas at Alabama, Shane. Yeah. The big matchup. Game day is going to be there. SEC Nation is going to be down there. Fox is probably going to try to weasel their way, their show down there. You know what I mean? This is a mega, mega showdown. And I, it's a preview, obviously, of what's to come with Texas coming into the SEC. Mm-hmm. Last year, we were shitting on Texas. I think I went on fine by them. I said, they're going, Alabama's going to win by 48 points. That's just something wild like that. Right. Texas should have won that game. Yeah. And Texas didn't look great in the opener. But if they can live up to their potential, this is a tricky, tricky game. All these Alabama fans, Shane, they're on my ass now. Decaying <laughs> Dynasty. We just whooped MTSU. Uh, but uh, you know what's on the line? Who who's got more on the line here? You think? Because Sarkeesian, hey, we're trying to be nicer to Texas, yeah. But I'm still not bought in on him as a as an elite head coach, as Texas head coach. You know they, I don't know if they're ex, they expect to win a championship. Maybe right. not right now, but down the line. I don't know if Sark's the guy to get him there. If he wins in Tuscaloosa, I'll probably change my mind on that. And I'll probably be feeling pretty good about saying the decaying dynasty. So there's a lot on the line for both these teams and programs and coaches. But uh, which one do you think is just got more on the line Saturday, Texas or Alabama? I th- honestly, man, and and I'm not saying Saban's on the hot seat or anything here, but I'm going I'm going to go Alabama just because. When you're thinking of some of the big games that they've come across here the last few few years, it seems like we didn't get that same fiery Alabama that we were expecting. And, you know, everyone's expecting Alabama to win. And if you drop this game, they're going to say exactly what most people have been saying the, the whole offseason was that there's not a lot of gas left in his tank, you know, similar yeah. to Dabos. But if he can come out here – and put the Longhorns away, and I mean that would be an, a, a fantastic preview to you know this this storied you know what do they call it what was the revenge tour you know so yeah <laughs> like this is like the actual one you you do that by putting this team away because everybody remembers how close this game was last year they now know that you don't have the same quarterback situation but yeah Alabama looked really good against MTSU 
you know, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would, if they look good against Texas, then everyone can buy into the fact that this is a team. They didn't get one vote, number one vote in the AP poll, you know. So they're not completely sold that Alabama has arrived. Right. And, Shane, so I'll throw up a graphic here. I'm making graphics yeah. for all these matchups just so you know. And a big one I'm, I'm going to use this year because I'm bought in. I'm bought into the nerd rankings here, Shane. It's called EPA. And that's, that's kind of advanced analytics, mm-hmm. and it's all about what you do against the opponent you're facing. So if Alabama beats UMass by 100, yeah, that's not the same as Alabama beating Tennessee by 100. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. You get more points for beating a better right. opponent. And also key plays. Like if it's third and 15 and, Alabama, and you gain 12 yards, that's okay. But if it's third, third and three – and you gain seven, mm-hmm. it's much more valuable to gain seven on, on a third and four than it is to get 12 on a third and 15. So that's how you factor in all this stuff. And I say that because I don't want to throw too many numbers at you here, yeah. Shane, but there's there's a couple matchups here that is going to be elite. Texas defense, mm-hmm. number 12, according to EPA, in the country. Again, only one game, so these numbers are a little skewed. But Texas defense, number 12 against the run. Mm-hmm. Alabama, number 25 running the football. So that I think that's going to be a big, big matchup. Can Alabama run on this Texas front? And how about this one? This vice versa. Texas offense, EPA, number 99 in the country. Again, only one week, but that's awful. Yeah. And going up against Alabama, number 74. So Alabama, we know, they'll be in the top five by the end of the nation, right. end of the season. But if Texas can't run on Alabama, yeah, they're not going to win this football game. Yeah, because we're we're hearing so much about the quarterback, we're hearing so much about these receivers. They got to give them time, but I think they they have to be balanced. Because if you if you're not balanced against Alabama, mm-hmm. you got no prayer. Yeah. Well, I on that note, I think that's what we said last year about Alabama not being able to run mm-hmm. and kind of putting it all on a quarterback to to yeah. win the game and. And, you know, that's been kind of the the theme the last couple of seasons is is I think our emphasis is on the wrong department, if you will. You know, yeah, there's been some great quarterbacks that's come through Alabama, but that doesn't mean you just change the whole offense because of that. Now you don't have what they call an elite. Now, Milrow could be. I mean, he showed a, he showed a couple of flashes of it last week, but – I think if you're going to make a run at a national championship, if you don't have the running game these days, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Now, if all things are equal, and again, I don't really think these two programs are on equal footing by any means, but let's say they are on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes without saying. It's a massive, massive advantage that it's in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think Texas, I don't care what they're doing in that league. You know, <laughs> there's no place as – tougher to win in than Bryant Denny Stadium, you know what? Dude, and just the game day environment. I like you said, there every media outlet will be there. This is the game we've been talking about all off season. You know, we previewed I don't know how many lists this game's been on of ours, <laughs> but it's always been toward the top because a couple of things. Texas, Oklahoma coming here next year. It is a preview to to what that's going to look like. Everybody's looking for that. Like 
where do these guys belong? And you got to remember, if when we get to the end of the season and they're looking for four teams to go on to the college football playoffs, they're going to be able to gauge a little bit on how good the Big 12 is or how good the SEC is off this one single matchup. So it's it's monumental. And, uh, the, and it being on that platform, you better believe that fan base is going to be ready for it. And the last time we were really tuned into Texas was when they traveled to Arkansas. Yeah. Sam Pittman. What was that year two of Sam Pittman mm-hmm. and Arkansas whipped them on yeah. the line of scrimmage? That's something I'll have my eye on here because obviously Alabama a little bit tougher, right? But Texas has had time. They brought in elite recruits on both lines of scrimmage. They get physically whooped again. It ain't it ain't looking <laughs> good for their transition to the SEC, no, you know. But no. all, 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 vice versa, I say if they hold their own against Bama, I'll say. All right, maybe they are ready yeah. for the SEC. I, I think that's and, a talking point and too. I just it's it's kind of weird vibes. Like we we had this as Goliath versus versus Goliath, but you know now we're hearing well, Ewers doesn't look as good as I thought he was, or does Sark? You know what, what kind of the play calling? There's I've, I've heard a lot of people calling them out on that, and and on the flip side, Alabama look they're perfect, man. Nothing, yeah. everything's working. You know they're just going to steamroll Texas. It's that's one thing I always, and I'm not saying this is a trap game by no means. You know I think they'll be dialed in, but you know with a young football team, sometimes you if you start reading those clippings and then you you come away like we're going to come in here, we're going to beat. That's exactly what we had last year, and then you almost lost. So, um, yeah, it's preparation is key this week, man. They, they're they going to have to be dialed in, or Texas will beat them. So. Most likely comment to be heard after this game, Shane. I don't know if Jalen Milrow's the guy from Alabama fans mm-hmm. or Texas people saying, we got – we got to flip it to Arch. <laughs> What's more likely do you think after this this game? Yeah, they'll they'll be quarterback talk after this one, and I, and I think that's one thing because everybody in the SEC knows Arch Manning. Yeah. Not a lot of kids know yours. You know, and it's crazy. Right. He's a starting quarterback. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I I can't wait for some just schmuck to be watching college football. And be like, when are they gonna put that Manning kid in? You know. <laughs> All right, stay in uh, in the state of Texas. Big matchup here, A and M. It's actually on the road, of course, at Miami. Yeah, very tuned into this game. It opened as A and M by five. It slid a little bit to four and a half. Aggies mm. are still favored. Last weekend, Miami. I don't know how this is legal. They played Miami last week. Miami will how? I mean, that, that just should never happen. No. but they won thirty-eight to three. I rewatched it. They've got some. They got some good players. Number four receivers, really good. They have. Uh, Former Ole Miss running back is their running back, you know, salty. Yeah. But uh, quarterback, they say, is good. I don't know. But a lot on the line for both these teams. Yeah. Disappointed last year, looking good right out the gate. Whoever loses, they're going to be written off as frauds. And whoever wins this game, you'll start hearing more buzz about them possibly being contenders in their conference. Thoughts on Texas A&M at Miami? This one's going to be uh, – this is a key game for, for Aggies because even last year, this is when we felt like something was wrong yeah. with Texas A&M. And, you know, it's funny because you and I were really high on their performance week one. 
But if you read the comments, everyone was like, yeah, it was New Mexico State, though, you know? Right, right. That's what they're all going to say. They still got to see it. Well, when you play a team like Miami, if you come out and you kick their ass, then there's no more – well, th- they're there. You know, they've arrived. And uh, I think that's the kind of – state. it's a statement game, you know? it's This isn't a game that needs to be close. This isn't a game – because everyone's going to judge – College Station under a microscope during this matchup because not only did we remember last year, but, you know, in the back of our mind, we're like, man, this program will never make it. The, you know, yeah. Jimbo is definitely not the guy. But if you come out and you kick their – like I said, you kick their ass, then then we're looking back saying, holy sh- – they're, they're back, man. This is it. Call, you know, Texas A&M is a real contender. So, mm-hmm. I can't – this is one of – I love the Texas-Alabama matchup. This one here is the one that I want to see because I want to see how does Connor handle that 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 pressure now that he knows he's got the job coming mm-hmm. in. You know, now that he knows he's got all this weapons, he's a little bit more comfortable in that offense. If if they if they win by three or four touchdowns, I mean, there's a real case that 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 Texas A and M is is going to win the West or could win the West. Right, and to help Connor, he's got one hell of a receiving core. And that's something that uh, old Jimbo hit on here leading up to the game. Speak about the wide receiver room and how selfless they are because one day it might be Noah, the next day it might be Evan. That's what you want. Here's what you got to understand. I mean, I've had teams where I had first-rounders across the board, okay? These guys, when you got it, if you don't have talented guys where everybody can get theirs if they're one-on-one, you're not going to be – it doesn't work that way. This is the this room here is one of the first ones we've had to just – I mean, across the board, It okay, my matchup's here. My match, and that's what we, we're allowing it to do. Now you can – the matchups. You know what I mean? You, all right, if he's one-on-one, he can get it. If he's one-on-one, he can get it. If he's one-on-one, he can get it. And that's that's the way you got to be able to do that. And they know that if that guy's going to get his, guess what? It's going to come back over here because people ain't going to sit there and let you just keep catching balls and balls and balls, you know what I mean, or next game they're going to plan for it. And that's why you got to have those guys. And I tell the guys, be patient. It's a whole season. It's all going to come around. Everybody will eat. You know what I'm saying? And then the ability to run the football. Your touch is back there. Maybe a throwing game. Next game, all right, they're going to play cover two and, and drop six, seven, eight guys, and you're going to be able to run the football. And that's why your skill level, and that's what we've improved so much on it, I think, across the board and our depth to be able to do that. And that's what makes it fun to play quarterback. And then when you're blocking guys, it makes it real. All right, Chase, so I know you love the home <laughs> of the 12 receivers here, but uh, that's really helping Connor in, in this Aggie. And that's why – Bobby Petrino's pushing the ball down the field because we got these great receivers and and they're going to have to step up in a matchup like this where Miami, they've hit the portal hard to add a bunch of defensive backs. Yeah. This is going to be the matchup of the game. A&M receivers, Miami DBs. Yeah. And that, yeah, I was watching, uh, I think one of the Duke kids was a Miami transfer the other yesterday and you know they lost a lot back there and this is where you're going to have to expose the Hurricanes. And I think... That's the problem last year is like we still could have done this last year against Miami. We just didn't have that downfield presence. There's flashes of it. Mm-hmm. But if they really open up the floodgates with all these dudes, and I, I thought he hit the nail on the head here, man. You can't just you can't cover one. There's not a guy. There's not one alpha coming in here. You got four, five, you know. I mean, they're they're loaded. And if you start shifting toward one, you're gonna expose uh the weaker side of your team. So um, yeah, I, I think this is I, – I don't know what the over-under is on this thing, but I'm, I'm expecting a lot of points in this one. And I kind of forgot because, you know, at this point, I just think Jimbo, I think of just being A&M coach. Yeah. But obviously he was at Florida State for a long time. Yeah. And they played Miami every year. So, or, or, or Yeah, they, every year and then every other year, obviously, down there. So he knows the track down there. He knows about playing in Miami. 
he was he was kind of pumping them up, even though we all know they they ain't got an SEC home <laughs> no. field. You know what? Jimbo piggybacking on that. You, you've coached against Miami quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Different players, different coaches. I get all of that, but do you see a common denominator when you, when you prepare for oh. this team? Athletic, strong, physical, tough, competitive. I mean, a typical. Miami, a Miami team, and knowing you're going down there and you're going, you're going into the into the Orange Bowl to go play. I mean, it's a heck, it's fun as heck as an opponent. I mean, if you like to be a competitor, I mean, you got to because they're going. Fans will be tough. They'll be brutal. They'll be banging on the bus as you're coming through the lot and all that good stuff. I mean, that's what gets you up. But that's part of it. But this and the way they play and who they, it's like they just have the same players and just switch uniforms year to year and switch the names. But I mean, always going to have great players, man. Great program. It's pretty bad, Shay, when the coach is making these comments and all, all his rowdy comments are outside the stadium. You know what? Yeah, it wasn't long ago they were bitching that nobody ever shows up <laughs> to these games. So I don't know if rowdy environment is exactly what you're going to get down there in Miami, but you are going to get some high temperatures. Of course, I guess you're used to that college station, you know. So Yeah. Uh, but it, it will be – the spotlight that's the big one it's it's everybody's watching you and and knowing that coming in yeah i I think that's where you're going to find out who can handle the pressure Mm -hmm. well speaking of pressure shane i think Ole miss they may face some this weekend going on the road to tulane yeah both teams are ranked this is a top 25 matchup tulane beat south alabama 37 17 last week and obviously this is going to be their super bowl man this is, yeah. I I don't know the. I probably should have looked this up, but I mean I can't imagine how many times Tulane gets to host an SEC team. Right. It's got. To, it's had to have been a while ago. This is after winning the Cotton Bowl. They got a hell of a quarterback. They've got some good receivers. Now they got an awful defense. So yeah. uh, I mean, this almost is the same team playing each other here, Ole Miss and in, in Tulane. You want to talk high scoring? I, I'm expecting a hundred points in this thing. It's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a fun environment. I wish, I wish. I mean, how often would you get an opportunity to watch an old SEC powerhouse? Too late, you know? <laughs> it's like, I would love to go there just to kind of just take in the atmosphere of that game because it will be fun. And Tulane's not a pushover. It's a top twenty-five team, like you said. And and a lot of people read the names and they're like, "Well, Ole Miss will, you know, they'll they'll beat the hell out of them." Well. You you come in ill prepared. I don't know how many times I say that, but you do. It's how many times have we been shown that if you are if you come in there and you half half ass it during week of practice, it comes back and it bites you on Saturday. So I I, I think Ole Miss will be dialed in. But again, this is a this this game is going to be tougher than you think. Uh, <laughs> do you know? I wonder if there's ever been like. Like, I don't know. I, I We should do the history lesson once. But, like, you know, Sewanee and – Sewanee, Georgia and Tech, I think. Georgia Tech, Tulane. I mean, I wonder if these guys, like, the ones that made these decisions to leave the SEC were, like, you know, they thought this was the good move, you know. <laughs> if, if, like, you know, their family shunned them after this or something like that, you know. I wonder I wonder if that's the case. But we, we should do a research. Maybe in the offseason we'll look yeah. into that. And uh, looking at the advanced numbers here, Shane – uh, biggest mismatch I see on the board here: Ole Miss offense, mm-hmm. their total EPA number five in the country. Yeah. Now again, probably a little skewed because they played Mercer, but they were so efficient it still helped their numbers. Tulane defense ranked number forty-four, so Ole Miss huge advantage there. Go on Saturday with their offense, Tulane defense. So that Jackson Dart should have himself a big day. Lane Kiffin says. 
of course, Jackson Dart, we already knew, but yeah. he makes it official. He's our quarterback. And he was also asked, Shane, about, you know, uh, someone said like a, like a tune-up or something like that. And yeah. he's like, by God, this is a top 25 team on the road, you know? So <laughs> yeah. uh, those, those comments are probably circulating in Tulane right now yeah. with all the tune-up. Come on, come on, Dale. Just looking at the depth chart here, uh, last week Jackson and Spencer were listed as, as co-starters. There's no or there this time. Can you take us through that decision? Yeah, Jackson played really well. And like I've said, had a really good camp in spring. And so <clears throat> he's the starting quarterback and um, said all along, we're extremely excited about that room, that depth in the room. Um, Walker came in, played really well. Made some really good throws in the game too. So, you know, I always say, each in the team, each position group is its team within itself, and our goal is each year to improve that in the off season. And um, that position has been dramatically improved, uh, like you saw the play from all three guys that went in. Kind of alluded. What does a challenge with Tulane in week two do for kind of helping you evaluate where your team is at? Uh, I'm not worried about evaluating. I'm worried about trying to go beat a top 25 team. So, um, you know, this is not an evaluation game. You know, going into, you know, on the road for the first time with our team and into one of the hottest teams in the country and probably the hottest quarterback in the country off of almost being perfect last week. So um, I would actually like another evaluation game, but we're that's not what this is, certainly. Tune up. I like it. Look at the EPA. Look, the, that SEC podcast, boy, we are – we got hard hitting analysis now. We got robots and computers doing our work for us. I'm not even here. This is all uh, C- was that CGI or whatever. <laughs> oh, you know that one. Like uh, I keep seeing these videos where they'll have like Johnny Cash sing, you know, a Miley Cyrus song right, or something right. like that. You know, it's just a matter of time for they're doing podcasts without real people. You know, just some program. All right, staying in the great state of Mississippi, Shane, Arizona at Mississippi State. Bulldogs favored by eight. Arizona beat North Arizona. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. tricky, tricky opponent. 38-3 to last week. And old Zach Arnett, brother. Yeah. He's a little concerned. This explosive passing attack. The Arizona coach, Jed Fish, from the NFL, he's got a strong track record of these quarterbacks. And their quarterback, uh, Jaden Delora, I think is his name, he was offered by Mike Leach. This is a talented, kind of like a poor man's Johnny Manziel. So keep your eye out on this guy, Zach Arnett. He's a little concerned over here. (laughs) Coach, you mentioned uh, them. they clearly look to be a better team than they were last year. Uh, Is there really any carryover in what they do? It seems like they're really utilizing the screen game a lot this year. But has there been any continuity, I guess, in concepts from – this year to last for on offense? Yeah, you see a lot of carryover. Returning quarterback, uh, I think, I, someone can double-check me on this, but I remember seeing at one time, I believe they led the country last year in explosive plays, plays of 20 yards or more. And if they did not finish at that up until the last couple of weeks of the season, they were leading the country in, in number of explosive generated. They have a phenomenal scheme offensively returning quarterback very mobile and agile the the sacks he gets out of when when you feel like you have him bottled up and pressure he 
he flushes and finds a way out of there. He has one of the quickest releases uh, I've seen in football right now. So very talented. Uh, you know, Coach Leach and his staff had recruited him, and I think they had him committed. I, they might have even signed him right at Washington State. Uh, and so very talented, very deep, stable of running backs, almost similar to us. Uh, I mean, they got all-purpose backs. Number six, Wiley, is a tremendous player. He's out in the in the Territorial Cup, I believe it's called, right, versus uh, Arizona State last game of the year. They got him out at number one wide receiver running fade balls to him. He's making those catches. Then he's splitting you on an inside power play uh, the next play. He is a he is an all-purpose, do-everything kind of tailback, and they are very deep physical runners. Um, they're big and talented, athletic up front. I, they, I can't say enough good things about their offense and the ways they challenge challenge defenses. All right, Shane, you buying it? Because this one has the feeling to me, Arizona at Mississippi State. Yeah. Just the second game of the Zach Arnett tenure. And, and some people a little uneasy with how how slow the first half was, even though they were up 27 at halftime. I mean, yeah. most Florida would have taken that slow yeah. start. You know what I mean? But so South Carolina. But there's a lot on the line for Zach Arnett in this game. This is a game where he's got a lot to lose and not a lot to gain because this yeah. Mississippi State fans, they expect you to beat the shit out of teams like Arizona. Uh, any pressure on the Bulldogs in this one? Well, yeah. I, I mean, this isn't a FCS opponent, you know. Uh, and, and people are actually talking about this game ever since that media guy took a blank eye. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll put that picture up on the old YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. So, and, and for the listeners, there's a picture floating around. I think it was at Mike Wright was – was on that. I, I can't remember who was exactly running the ball, but it was jumping, jumping a cactus, and let's just say <laughs> the uh, the cactus looked a little inappropriate. So, but that that was the talk. But again, pe- people are talking about you, you know, and and this is a program that I'm, I'm not saying that was close last year, but there were some moments in that game you were wondering, wait, why is Mississippi State not putting this thing away? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's games like this that will catch a new coach off off guard. You know, a, a team that maybe because there was a lot of inconsistencies last week, there was a lot of mistakes, and and you know that is not a big deal when you go against a, a team like they faced. But you do that against you know Arizona, then who knows? It may result in a seven points the other way. And, and then, you know, if you can't get those explosive plays, like this offense was supposed to show us week one, then, then all of a sudden you're, you're playing behind the sticks. And so you got to be really careful. Um, but again, you build a lot of confidence if you could come out here and beat a division one team. So, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a big game. Yeah. And, uh, this one jumped out the page at me, Shane, doing these EPA numbers. Arizona, number one, according to EPA, in rush defense in the country. Mm-hmm. And remember, Mississippi State rushed for 298 last week, yeah. I believe, the number. So they really leaned on that ground game. Will Rogers was a little off right. uh, in his debut in this new scheme. I, I still got confidence in him, but they're probably going to need him. If, if Arizona's that damn good at defending the run, they ain't going for 300 on no. Arizona. They're, they're going to need Will Rogers to step up. And Mike Wright may not be able to bail him out on this one. Well, and again, maybe, maybe they had a little bit dialed back last week, you know, not wanting to show. I saw, I mean, 
I, they must have led the country in screen passes last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's a recipe for for winning games moving forward, but it felt like you know I was expecting some really some downfield shots and yeah, and we didn't quite get that because that's when, what we were building. Yeah, absolutely. The offense, ninety five percent shotgun. <laughs> I mean, if you tell me that, I'm expecting that. So maybe we see a little bit more of that this week. And um, if you can accomplish that, dude. I mean, you thought Mark's had a hell of a game last week. You know, that's that's what helps your rushing is when you don't have eight dudes in the box. Well, to not have eight dudes in the box, you can't just be throwing little three, four-yard bubble screens the entire game. Right. You're really going to have to get down the field. And so this is the game I want to see exactly what this Mississippi State – I think it was kind of skewed last week. I think this week is we're going to actually see what this what uh, what State's offense is going to look like moving forward. Yeah, and I wanted to pull up the schedule real quick, uh, Shane, because after this game is LSU, mm-hmm. which – you know, I hyped them up, obviously, too much. Yeah. But, you know, that's a more winnable game now at home, too. Mm-hmm. And then the following one at South Carolina. Yeah. Which, if they can't get their offensive line issues fixed, that looks very winnable. I mean, maybe these Hill State fans are right. What the hell? Why don't you have us 4-0? I mean, that wouldn't be stunning at all. You know, but they got to take care of this one. But I'm just saying that the schedule looks a little bit more manageable after week one. Yeah. But yep. I will say this, man. If and, and I'm not it's so hard not to overreact week one. I right. get it. LSU, you you're you're LSU, you're national champs, you know, they, they took a black eye and, and yeah. but what if we we get five, six weeks into this and we realize, man, they're not that good, you know. Exactly. And and then but but the problem is or, or the good thing that could be for Mississippi State here. No, not a lot of people are talking about the Bulldogs. But if you beat them week two, then all of a sudden you beat LSU. You beat a uh, a top 20 powerhouse team that, that had some people, you know, committed to winning a national championship this year. South Carolina, same thing. We can, we can mark off the first game with, with North Carolina because they've got a – hell of a quarterback and you could look at the injuries and say well maybe we were just a little thin at certain positions but if south carolina turns out to be nothing a win week two week three is so much bigger for a team like mississippi state than than other teams that may find out later in the season does that make sense so yeah they're going to talk i remember the um uh what was it missouri and lsu a few years back remember that one they were First conference game Absolute, or second it, conference they game. They were making shirts, you know, renaming babies after this game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then we find out LSU sucks, but we still remember, you know, that that key victory that oh, yeah. that that Eli had. So yeah, this Mississippi State may be sitting in a really good position here, but it all goes for naught if they lose week right. two. So they can't <laughs> can't drop this one. Yeah, I remember uh, this summer how many Mizzou fans hit us up. Can we get game day when LSU come? I mean, LSU may have two, three losses by That's that right. game. They're like, game day ain't coming to that no, one. Yeah. No, and Mizzou may no. be undefeated, but it wouldn't be their fault. Absolutely. You know? And I hate it, too, because I think Arnett's a good coach. I think he's a really good defensive mind. Yeah. And and he may have a long future with this program, but he, he sucks at the podium. Nobody wants to listen to him, you know, and that's why he's not still, you know, everybody laying out here the other day talking about, 
you know, what's his name? You know, we brought, uh, what was it? Pete Golding. Pete. Yeah. He told, <laughs> you know, after that first touchdown, tells you, you know, Pete, I brought you in here. I spent a lot of money on you. That's not what we're expecting. So, but that gets airtime. You know what I'm saying? And, and some of these coaches just by their, their bravado, you know, they, they get that airtime. And, and Mississippi State's not getting that. They're not fun. They're not, no one's like just, oh, I can't wait to get some more Mississippi State love here. But if you could come out and you could put like some points on the board and show folks that the air raid is here, you yeah. know, that we can, we can, Mississippi State can be fun, you know, it, it can help coach. So I'm, I'm not panicking or anything like that, but God, man, they need it. <laughs> they need a strong September, man. Yeah. Well, who's off to a, Strong September, Shane. That's Auburn. Yeah, they got to keep it going here <laughs> yeah. at Cal. Open as a Auburn, a seven point favorite. That's down to six and a half, so just barely moved. But Cal beat North Texas fifty eight to twenty one mm. in the opener. Shane, three hundred and fifty seven rushing yards Cal had, and their running back Jay Knott, one hundred eighty eight, two touchdowns. Hugh Free says, my God, he's a handful, this running back here. But uh, You mentioned Cal's tailback in, in, in your opening statement. Just what about him and the, the way they yeah. use him? Is, is It makes him a special player. Just hand it to him. They don't have to – I mean, it ain't, it ain't like they have to create some special deal. Just run inside zone or outside zone or counter with him. And if, if it's semi-blocked well, he's a handful. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's got great vision. Um, he is really, really talented. A lot on the line here. You know, a lot's going to be made of them having to travel across the country, and that certainly affected Florida yeah. against Utah. So not saying that's that's a reason to be overly concerned, but there's, there's a chance here, Shane, to, to capture some more momentum, win a game that under the last coaching staff, I don't think they probably had a shot in hell winning. Yeah. But uh, th- this is another tricky one where, much like Tulane, Cal doesn't get to host many uh, yeah. SEC teams. I mean, this I don't know anything about their fans, but I, I would imagine they're going to be pretty fired up. And I believe, Shane, last time Cal hosted an SEC team, it was Ole Miss. Yeah. And they beat them. They beat Ole Miss. <laughs> you good there? <laughs> I, Cal, they've been leaving for like 45 minutes over there. Uh, I, here – the thing with Cal, man, for me, if Auburn wins this game, mm-hmm. I think it gets some airtime, but I don't think it's like a they're having a parade for it. But if they lose, everyone is going to critique the performance. You know, this is a big game for Auburn because, you know, they looked good last week. They looked really good. Does Thorne kind of dial his game in a little bit more? You know, do we, we still get – do they get the uh, the the love with touchdown Robbie, as I like to call him? You know the Tebow love. So um, they, I don't know. There's there's some excitement brewing down there on the plains, and I just don't want it to take a step back. Um, I saw him on the side. Man, they're coming out hyper real. I saw uh, <laughs> they came out, coach. <laughs> Coach says he won't get out on the field and dance with the players, but if they come over there, he'll do a little, do yeah, a little yeah. jig with them. So just kind of keep an eye <laughs> on that, and and hopefully there'll be a lot of scores in here because 
they're all bought in. I'm bought in. I'm sure you're bought in. And if you lose to Cal or if it's close to Cal, then you're like, man, this is going to be a long year for Auburn. You know, these are the ones test. you got to win. Absolutely, man. Because as excited as we are about Auburn, the reality, and let's hope they win a bunch of SEC games. Yeah. And they may. But as that grind gets going, they just don't have the roster yet. Yeah. Now they've added all these transfers, obviously, but they don't have the depth. Yep. They don't have the overall depth of a Bama, Georgia, uh, LSU, on and on. Hell, not even Mississippi State. They don't yeah. have the depth. Texas A&M, keep going. I mean, basically all of them. Uh, this makes this a, a, almost a must win. Yeah, that's not, a good point. I'm not saying to make a bowl, they have to win this, but it would be big. This this will probably determine whether they have a shot at like a Florida bowl. Yeah. If you ain't winning this game, you ain't. You ain't getting there. You yeah. know what I mean? It's going to be a struggle just to get to a bowl. So that's big. We still don't know Jarquez Hunter, his availability of Hugh Freeze won't get into it. Mm-hmm. But the quarterbacks got to play better, aside from old touchdown Robbie there, just yeah. automatic touchdowns. But Peyton Thorne has got a lot of room to grow after that opener, even though the, the team was great. A lot to, lot to improve on. And that's uh, something Hugh talks about as well as, uh, hey, the plan – they're still going to play to old touchdown Robbie. They're still going to touch two quarterbacks because it's working for me. Coach, you mentioned in your opening statement uh, where you would like the quarterbacks to grade out. After watching the tape, how big is the gap between where you see they are and where you would like them to be going into Cal? Well, the, uh, Robbie, Robbie didn't have to make uh, many decisions. So, um, but boy, was he, he, he's really talented and um, vital to our success. Uh, he will have to make some in the future. Um, the the Peyton just he had three decisions that were wrong, and and he I expect more. I expect him not to to make the ones he made, and he knows that. But he played solid. Um, you just would like that decision making to be around a hundred percent on, particularly in the run pass world, where he's deciding whether it's a run or pass. Those need to be those need to be near a hundred percent. You seem to be coaching them pretty hard on the sideline. Was is that what that was? I'm about? just I'm crazy sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, I, I get frustrated. I, I don't lie, and I tell them that. Look, but the, here's the deal: I'll play the next play with you. Now I ain't. I don't. Um, my look, my love for them doesn't change. Their performance has nothing to do with with how. I learned this from my father, who's a tough, tough man. But I, I went through a very difficult stretch, and and my father taught me. Listen, I love you. And it's not based on your performance. Um, and, and so I, as long as our players know that I think I can coach them hard and they, and they see that and they see a consistency and, hey, he don't treat me in different, you know, after the game, whether I threw the four touchdowns or, or three picks, you know, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I feel like I ought to coach you better and I felt like you ought to play better, but that, that doesn't affect – um, and I think Peyton knows that. And the two, they, there were two things that happened in that same series, and he knew it. And I think he, when he missed the first one, and I'm yelling and screaming, which I probably he pro- I probably need to. I'm figuring out who they are, and they're figuring out who I am. Um, I think when I do that to him, he presses a little bit, and. Um, he handed a ball off, and the safety triggered so hard, and the safety made the hit like one yard in the backfield. So I'm, how do you not see that? You know, <laughs> and uh, that ball should be thrown. 
And so I'm, I'm doing with my antics over there, and he probably sees that. And then about two plays later, the darn safety stays as high as he can, and we pull it and throw it. And those are, those are the two things that can happen. And he's too intelligent, has too much of an IQ, and he'll get that cleaned up and fixed. And I'll, I'll have to, I've got to make sure I coach him in a way that is helpful and, not, uh, and doesn't make him press. Yeah, who, did you go into that game thinking Robbie was going to be like your red zone main guy, or did you just kind of go with the hot hand? I mean, because he was extremely electric. I mean, you, yeah, you saw, I mean, as soon as we got down there, we put him in, so that's on the call sheet, so that's a plan. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't something that I just said, hey, how about let's try Robbie here? It was it's planned. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think every game plan is different. I just think he's super talented. And I think there's a lot of things we can do with him. And I know people are in this world and day and time, you know, you can't play two quarterbacks. And, well, I don't know. Maybe they're right, but we're 1-0. and And if we go 2-0 and doing it, we'll keep doing it. If, if, we, if it starts to, you know, but I, I just, I think we need them both. But he was, I mean, you see how talented he is down there. So, sure, it's always going to be a possibility. Now, you got to, you can't be so predictable but we obviously weren't in game one, and there's not enough tape to get really great data yet on what our tendencies are. So we'll uh, we'll come up with a game plan for Cal. As I've said all along, Robbie will always be a part of our game plan. All right, Chase. So that's interesting. How far do you think they can go with this two-quarterback system? Do you think at some point it messes with uh, with with any of the offense or anything? I don't know if it will mess with them. If they continue to play like they did week one, mm-hmm. you know, where it's Thorne's team, but touchdown Robbie comes in in key areas, third down, third and shorts, things like that, goal line. You know, we've seen – it's just like the Swamp Kings. We just saw it the other day. It's the same thing with Leak and Tebow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can work. It could win you national championships if you do it right – but the problem that you're going to run to is if Thorne loses a game. Yeah. You know, that's when people – because everybody wanted Tebow, if you remember. They mm-hmm. wanted Tebow to, to come in there. But if Leak keeps winning games, you keep Leak in there. Don't, don't mess the recipe up. But if Auburn drops one, which most likely is going to happen – Long as it's not a uh, like a, a team that you would expect to win, like an Alabama or or even an LSU right now or something like that, that you can okay, I can I can dust off. But a team like Cal that you could win, you should win. If that happens, then all of a sudden we got some fingers being pointed. We got players in the locker room saying we ain't got the right guy out there. Yeah, shit like that. That's that's the thing you've got to really watch. When you got a, a quarterback competition, and and I feel like you, you know, he, he seems like a player's coach, you know, and if he can kind of gauge what that locker room's like, you know, he'll be able to to put the right guy out there. So it's just it's a fine line. That's that's all I'm going to say right now because it's it's all peaches and cream, you know, when when you're winning, but yep. when when the shit hits the fan, then all of a sudden, you know, now you're going to make some tough calls. And according to EPA, Shade, this is going to be one of the most competitive matchups in all the country this mm-hmm. weekend. Real quick, Auburn offense, number 37. Cal defense, number 19. So it's a good matchup, but even better. Auburn defense, number 26. Mm-hmm. Cal offense, number 16. 
Yeah. So this is a very, very competitive matchup. Two great teams. The EPA. Potentially here. What's it stand for? Uh, expected points added. Oh, okay. Isn't that gas, too? Isn't that like a high... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Seems like I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> EPA gas. Yeah, EPA gas mileage. Yeah, fuel economy. Yeah. Maybe so, that's all I'm looking up is fuel economy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuel, fuel economy on the trip to California. So, yeah. Now, I just I kept thinking I've heard that somewhere. So, okay, EPA, I got you. All right, Kent State at Arkansas, Shane. Mm-hmm. First true home game of the season yeah. for the Razorbacks. How about this stat? Kent State. How many returning starters do you think? What's, what's the lowest you've ever seen for a season? Like six, maybe? Zero. Nope, I've never, none. I've never seen that no, before. Wow. And it showed week one, brother. Yeah. They lost to UCF 56 to 6. Wow. The spread's 38. It opened 36. Now it's 38. So expect KJ and company to roll in this matchup. But uh, what was there? I, I know this, you may not have this pulled up, but do you know what Kent State's record was last year? Because everybody remembers that was the one that played Georgia, right? Yeah, right. Because everybody when they, when I hear Kent State, I think immediately think of the Georgia game, and mm-hmm. I remember them playing them tough, right? So I'm wondering if like last year was the season, you know, maybe they had a five and seven. Okay, well, there goes that <laughs> thought. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened, Shane, is uh, the offensive coordinator left, and he was kind uh, of the key to it. Yeah. He's Dion's offensive coordinator now. Oh, okay. And I think they took a bunch of the players. Oh, Dion. He's everywhere, ain't he? <laughs> yeah. I, I saw a video. I just popped up. It was like him mowing. And I'm like, what kind of, he's on. He, I can't get him off my timeline right now, you know? Now, th- now this one sums up this matchup, Shane. Yeah. I hate. To, I hope there's no Kent State people out because I'm not trying to kill him or anything here. But Easy. Saban's listening. EPA. Arkansas offense. Yeah. Number nine. Elite. Okay. Kent State defense. Just take a wild guess. Out of like one, 130. Uh. Well, now I want to guess 130. <laughs> is it? 101. Oh, okay. I mean, it's massive, massive gap here. So Arkansas should be able to do whatever the hell they want Absolutely. to this Kent State defense. But, Shane, the offensive line, Sam Pittman, mm-hmm. not exactly thrilled with the showing against Western Carolina. And, it's, again, guys out. I get it. Yeah. But this week, Shane, he said, I wish we would have knocked him off the ball. And he says West, Western Carolina was keying on it. Yeah, I don't think that's a good excuse for for not being able to run the ball in Western Carolina. So let's kick it over to Sam Pittman one time. Coach, it seemed like Bo Limmer had a couple snaps that kind of got away from him. I mean, do you really know what happened there? Is that anything to worry about? I don't, are you are you worried about? Are you seem to be worried about it or no? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> and then. Uh, as far as uh, Tykes Crawford, I know Brady Latham wasn't there, but what do you think of his performance? You know, I wish we would have knocked him off the ball more. You know, we had opportunities in some double teams, and I felt like our shoulder angle was off. Um, to be specific with you, when the linebacker and the combinations behind you, um, you got to stay vertical as you can, and it's you you got to work that more. That's one of the things we've got to clean up. If they're in front of you, it's easy because your shoulders are going to be aligned with him. 
But if they're behind him, your shoulders will never be aligned, but they can be vertical, just waiting on him to see what he's doing. And I think we were quick at times coming off with the guard and quick at times coming off with the center. I think we have to play better in there. But uh, I thought Ty Keast, uh, for his first – well, you know, he started in the Liberty Bowl, but – didn't play much. I thought he did a nice job. I thought Braun did a nice job. It'll be nice to get Brady back. I think we'll have him – hopefully we'll have him back. Uh, he's going to practice today. So, hopefully everything goes well and he'll be able to come back. And just – you touched on the offensive line. Did you see anything from the running backs that you want to specifically clean up with the, the running game headed into this week? I don't know if it's – you know, I felt like we was trying to make big runs, you know, the entire day. Sometimes you go in a stadium like that and – Especially, you know, Jaden, the second play of the game, he goes, what, 65, 67, something like that. And then you go, well, man, he just had a big play. And a lot of times you'll run trying to make a big play when all your big plays come off of just doing what you do and it opens every now and then. And so I felt like we were pressing a little bit trying to make some big plays. Um, they were – they basically, I think um, – their game plan was we're going to make K.J. beat us with his throwing the football. I'm pretty sure they probably knew our game plan wouldn't be to run K.J. You know what I mean? And and uh, so they were going to stop Rocket and the running backs and things of that nature. And to be honest with you, a lot of plays were made by their safeties. Um, again, we, we addressed uh, about the double teams and things of that nature. I mean, we had a couple of pin and pulls if we just – you know, we wasted two on one. If we just if we just clear it and hit first force with the guard coming out and let Bo clean up the front side backer, I mean, we're going to have some explosive runs, and and we just didn't. You know, I think our efficiency, I think, was 53, 54%, which is half uh, goal line, get a first down, four yards or more, which you, if you get around 60, you're doing pretty good. So we were under that. But we just had no explosive plays, you know. But I did think, I mean, pass protection, he basically, they got in his face twice. One, uh, he flipped the protection. And uh, it, it's, it was a hot protection. He was hot on the guy and just, you know, didn't see him. And uh, the other one was was a uh, play-action protection where the back got out a little too fast and they green-dogged in. And Tate, so, again, I'm not hitting the panic button. Hmm. I mean, we just beat the hell out of Western Carolina. Yeah. But this is now, again, one game. So, again, it's not it's not probably even fair to say this, but last year the offensive line was not as good as we thought. Yeah. And this was a little bit, little bit shades of Kentucky last year where off, we're like, hmm, offensive line is kind of an issue. Yeah. And their fans say, shut the hell up. We're the big blue wall. We'll yeah. get it figured out. And then it was one week, and then it was two weeks, and then it was three weeks, and then it was a four weeks. And then by the end, they were like, well, yeah, we always knew they sucked. I was like, no, <laughs> no. I mean, these are red flags here. Yeah. So we, they've got to enforce their will. I guess a team they're favored by damn near 40 points. I want to see the offensive. I, KJ could throw 10 touchdowns. I want to, I want to see 10 rushing touchdowns in this one. I, I want to blow them off the ball like Coach says here. Yeah. we got to get this in order. Before SEC play, you got to. Well, hell, you got to get it in order for BYU game. Yeah, you know, in my opinion. So it, this is. I don't care if they have eleven in the box, Mike. If if I turn to those guys and I say, "Hey, we need five yards." Yep. I'm handing the ball off to Rocket Sanders. I expect five. I don't care what's in the box. 
I've got an SEC offensive line led by one of the best offensive line coaches in the world ever to exist in college football. Yeah. There's no reason that we don't see development in one week, you know, with with the take. Because, again, it wasn't like the offensive line sucked. It's just they they made mistakes. They missed assignments. And, and that's the things that you can work on all week. And, the, and especially during games like this, Kent State is another one when you should say, you know what, boys, we ain't going to throw one damn time, and we're still going to win by 40 points. Am I right? That's what you got to – that's the mentality the Razorbacks should have coming into this one. And and it should be a challenge for that offensive line, man. When you're an offensive line you can't run the damn ball and you got one of the best running backs in the country, yep. the, you should be taking offense to that. This should be in your locker room – Rockets, you know, average rush per attempt, you know, and and your your job is to make sure that he gets the holes that he needs so that this offense, because that's if these guys are going to be any good, Mike, if they're going to be any good in the SEC, they have got to establish that running game. No more, no more. I mean, like you said, who cares if they throw for five touchdowns or six touchdowns? They have got to run the ball, so I, I am I'm going to have my eyes glued to that offensive line, and you you should see it in the first drive when they have the script. Mm-hmm. The first, if you're looking at them, I I, w- I would hope as a as an offensive lineman lover that they're like <laughs> ten runs back to you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we ain't throwing the damn ball, we're running through them. Yeah, yeah, like Alabama against Cincinnati in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. You don't just lean on them; it'll be easy. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. And one final thing from old Pittman, Shane. We love this, but uh, yeah, Anchorman. Yeah, yeah he uh, he's, so he's reading the, the the prompter, you know, or this little paper, and he says, "Damn, I read anything." We'll play the clip. <laughs> write anything down here. I feel like I feel like the Anchorman. I'm getting ready to read something. You know, I'm Ron Burgundy. You know, but there's nothing on here, right? I'm good. Uh, says short artist situation flaws. How important was it for this? You know, you can <laughs> <laughs> oh, truth be told, I'd say the same thing. You know, we, uh, I love Sam, and that's one of the reasons I love him is because he is down to earth. He is a human that he's not just a robot demanding the most out of his players. He is a he's such a cool cat, and, and I and I that's what makes me want him to be successful. You know, because. A lot of those coaches don't get that opportunity, you know, and he's got a really good roster this year. And you think about it, man. Next year, no K.J. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Next year, no Rocket Sanders. And I'm not saying that it's going to fall off, but we're all going to look at this year as the opportunity that Arkansas had to 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 win a lot of games. And, and if, you know, I want – I want the best for Sam and, and, and the fan base, especially because right. they, they remember it us, us, us me and the, the Vol fans and Arkansas fans. We remember it. We, we went through some dark, dark times. Chad Morris lost another one there at Clemson. Didn't even know he's on the, <laughs> they, they should fire him right now. You know what? They should keep him there, you know, let him run the offense. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you go through those, those tough times and you get to see little glimpses. You get to see light at the end of the tunnel, uh, the lights at the end of the tunnel. And, and I just, I, I hope Sam and them figure it out. And again, I'm, I'm trying not to go, you know, I was hyping this team up now, burying them, but their first SEC game at LSU, yeah, week four. Again, I'm not saying that's a gimme now, but yeah, doesn't look quite as formidable as it did no a month no. or a week ago even. But again, I, again, LSU tough tough week one, but 
there was some good stuff too. You yeah, know? I, I mean, there they was had their opportunities. They had their opportunities to win the game, and and you know, it's just they got embarrassed on the front, just like we were talking about Arkansas's line of scrimmage. LSU should be doing the same damn thing, soul searching right now. You shouldn't have Florida State guys coming out here saying shit like, "Oh well, yeah, the offensive line said you guys were pretty good up front." I mean, who says it? And that's also hearsay. I don't know if they even said that, but yeah. you know, that's that's not the LSU I know. LSU, you know, the, the big old boys, tough defense, and they can run the ball. And and we just didn't get all of that put together week one. Mm. But I'm not panicking because they lost last year and went to an SEC championship. So yeah, so I sh- I probably shouldn't either. But yeah. I'm just seeing my comments here from all these FSU yeah, people. them Knowles, man. I've, got, I've had more Knowles added to my account this week than yeah. any fan base. Yeah. They're commenting on new videos. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> They're hey, going hey, back. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at last videos where I was ta- last year's when I was telling them that LSU's going to kick Florida State's ass. <laughs> all right, how about uh, Vanderbilt at Wake Forest, Shade? It opened. Wake Forest favored by 13. Yeah. Now it's down to ten and a half, so the money's coming in on Vanderbilt. That's surprising yeah. to me. Wake beat Elon last week, thirty-seven seventeen. But we have made it no secret, Shane. We're we're a little disappointed in Vanderbilt. Yeah. At least what we've seen. But hell, they're two and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's crazy that we're ugly sitting here. Wins a win, right? I mean, yeah. but can you imagine two years ago us complaining about two and zero oh Vanderbilt? But this is a real opportunity, Shane. This is almost a must win if they want to make that bowl bowl yeah. trip. Uh, promise or or goal they had in the preseason. You know what? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. There's because even for them to make a bowl, they're still going to have to steal a, a win in the SEC. Two, yeah, probably. Two, two, yeah, most likely two. But yeah. I'm I'm saying it's hard enough getting one. Right. You know they did two two last year, but yeah, uh, you got to win every non conference game. Period. If you're going to uh, to go to a bowl, and I think that is the the new line in the sand. You know, I, I, I know they're not going to fire Coach Lee if they don't make a bowl this year, but I've seen progression every every season, every game, it feels like, and that seems like the next step for this program. And doing that, that's what they can sell on the recruiting trail when they're bringing these kids in, saying, hey, man, hang in there. We're going to develop you. We're going to get – wins and eventually be competitive in the SEC. So you can't do that if you lose to Wake Forest, period. Right, and I don't really care where the game's played, whether no. it's home or away. Wake Forest, that's another one, not a great home field advantage. Yeah. They they just lost their quarterback to Notre Dame. They've, you know, this is not an elite Wake Forest team. But, I mean, mm-hmm. there's probably a reason they're favored. Uh, they they did beat Elon. We got give got a built stadium. I, got, I mean, <laughs> you may actually have nicer facilities to change in, so boost team morale that way. <laughs> but this, but seriously, this this is if you go on the road and can beat a team that you're a double digit underdog to, there's nothing that can give you more confidence than that going yeah. into SEC play. You know what? I think that's what they need too. You know, they've just been kind of sluggish, and they've made a lot of mistakes along the way. But, you know, this that would be a big win, you know. And to your coach can tell you so much. Coach can come out here and say, hey, we're getting better. We're getting there. We're building this thing. But if you're not seeing the product on the field, if you're not seeing it on the scoreboard at the end of the game, you know, it's 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 demoralizing as as a player. So I, I think that's what they need. I think they need the com- – it's a confidence booster. Right. You know, going out here and just playing a, a 
not a perfect game, not a flawless game, but as close to it as possible. That's what we're expecting from this program because they've got so much seniority on this roster. These guys have all done it, you know, so stop making the stupid mistakes. And I would also say this, Shane, I mean, if you're playing ugly and you're still winning, imagine what Vanderbilt can do if they put a complete game together. Yeah. I think they can be a lot better than what they've shown. Absolutely, man. It's Swan, too. I, I want to see uh, – this. it's time for him to, to really shine. If they're going to beat some SEC teams, Swan's going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and beating a, a, a better team on paper than you is, is a good step. Well, speaking of being better than what you've shown so far, Shade, Ball State at Georgia. <laughs> it opened 42 points. Now it's 42 and a half. Yeah. This may get to 44 by kickoff here. But, uh, I mean, I, anything you really want to see from Georgia, um, I mean, I think it goes without saying we want to see them be a lot more efficient right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it's, to me, it's it's about Carson Beck getting him rolling, getting his momentum going with these new receivers, new targets. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to see that cleaned up, but uh, again, it's it's very hard to learn anything. At Georgia, yeah, hosting Ball State, you know, yeah. No, obviously, you know they played Kentucky tough. I, I, I will give them that. So I'm not saying they're a pushover by no means, but if Georgia loses this one again. The uh, the shaving bet is still on. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll still go with it. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but might as well since they're playing all the teams in the SEC right now. But, uh, brother, I, I just want to see a efficient game, obviously, but like you said, out of the gate. There was a lot of stupid three and outs that uh, – that this team should not never have. Right. You should look at these drive charts and every one of them end in a touchdown or field goal or a touchdown. I mean, let's just – Against this competition. Absolutely. That, that's what this fan base wants. That's what you and I want because a lot of people have – and it's crazy. A lot of people after this – after week one, we do this overreaction. They're talking about Bama winning a national championship. They're talking about – uh, some of these other teams, you know, yeah, they're pumped up on Aggies and all these other conferences, Florida State, crown them and shit like that, you know. But a lot of people are still, I don't know about Georgia. I mean, it's never been done three times in a row. And and I'm not saying there was any doubt planted last week, but but there was no confidence either, you know. And you do that with Beck coming out here looking like a seasoned vet, this offense looking like seasoned vets, defense doing what they do and just shut down Ball State. They should never cross the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. You know, just play a good game. Play a Georgia game. Uh, don't don't play with your food. Get out here and just kick ass and try to stay healthy. Yep. All right. Uh, how about your Mizzou Tigers, Shane? Yeah. Hosting MTSU. Just got their ass kicked by Alabama. Mm-hmm. Mizzou opened as a 17-point favorite. Is it? It shifted. Mm. 20 and a half point favorite. Now the money's coming in. <laughs> All Mizzou, brother. So what will you be looking for from uh, your Mizzou Tigers here? Mm. A, con- a continuation of last week. Now, I-, I do think we put a little bit of that quarterback controversy to bed, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I still do think we see Sam in there at the end of this game because I-, I think we're going to have enough points for it. But keep the running going. Yeah. Keep Schrader going. 
build that that confidence with the offensive line. That's going to open up opportunities for Brady. The defense, just keep doing your thing. Just just come out here and swarm all over them. Just beat the shit out of them. You do that two weeks in a row, they're going to start talking about you. And they're not right now. And it kind of pisses me off a little bit because even the AP poll didn't even receive votes. You know, it's right. like there is they don't think you belong. Well, you come out and you just keep just killing teams. Do it quicker this time. <laughs> don't don't start out as slow as we did last week. Then all of a sudden, Mizzou's going to get that top 25 talk again. I think I would rather be unranked if I'm a Mizzou fan. You know, play well, that, keep playing that disrespect card till Kansas State, till LSU, you know, yeah, matchups like that. I get that. I get that. But, it, you know, we watched all these teams play, and I wasn't. I looked at the teams that were in the top 25, and I'm watching Mizzou. This, they're a top 25 team. So I, I get the, the the respect card and everything, but they should start already be – they should be earning that. And and if they would have played a little bit better last week, I think they would have gotten some votes for sure. But this week, if you come out and you're up 20, 30 points by half or third quarter, you know, people are going to start talking about you. They're going to say, hey, Mizzou's redi- the real deal. So right. um, not just Cousin Shane's talking about him now. <laughs> <laughs> now, Shane, uh, you know, we don't have to spend a ton of time breaking this game down, but Furman at South Carolina, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, well, before we get to that, after that, the week one game, North Carolina defender came out and said, I could obviously tell – when they were going to pass, they don't hide it. You can tell when they wanted to pass. And so they showed everything that we learned in the film room. So being able to exploit that and being able to expose those weaknesses and focal points of their offense, it was very satisfying. Now, keep in mind, they hired North Carolina hired Freddie Kitchens, who's mm-hmm. on staff with South Carolina. Beamer responds to that here in a second, but. Man, it's hard to believe they didn't change their cadence and things of that nature. But yeah, I don't know. I, maybe that that was, may have been part. I mean, nine sacks. That's that's hard to that's hard to overlook. Well, it is. It is. And Beamer needs to just not have comments. You know, <laughs> I mean, right now, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy bitching about the chain gang eating hot dogs and stuff like that well yeah. he says shay they told me verbatim that's what they were doing they were eating hot dogs oh, I heard, uh, you yeah. Know? yeah but that didn't you know cause you all those sacks and, right, and right. tackle for losses so clearly there was something being tipped off you know and, right. and i'm not saying there was any cheats in the house you know but uh the the adjustments. One thing I, I always liked about Beamer, it seems like we've had some pretty good adjustments throughout the game, and that was the one thing, one red flag I had during this North Carolina game. It seems like we we didn't, you know. And I'm not saying that he didn't try to change anything or adjust something, but whatever was working was working for North Carolina, especially that defense. But you know. Looking into this game, you know, because North Carolina's done. You know, there's can't get that one back. We can't, you know. I, I hate that I'm wearing this tar here <laughs> blue while I'm, I'm saying this, but you know, it's like you snap and clear. You you move forward. You 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 come out here and you work on what you are struggling at, which was rushing, which mm. was defending. You know, at the line of scrimmage. You know, work on those pieces, and and we'll be fine. Uh, it kind of. 
I kind of hate that South Carolina didn't get a game like Furman right out of the gate because I really think they needed it yeah. with all these new faces. Well, uh, he also said Juice Wells is going to play. He said, don't, yeah. don't you dare think of not playing me. So that'll be good. But I was a little concerned, Shane, because he's out here piping up the number six team in the FCS. We'll have to get better. And, uh, and we will. Starts this week, has already started when we came in here on Sunday and then with practice that we had this morning as well. And we have to be a lot better against a really, really good Furman team. Now, if you actually study the game of football and know what you're talking about and, and uh, watch football, you know this is a hell of a football team coming in here this weekend. And that's not coach speak. Shane's trying to rally the guys on Tuesday. This is a team that has won eight out of their last nine games. Their only loss was a three-point loss in the playoffs last year. This is a team with 18 returning starters. This is a team that every single starter on their offense or defense, except for two, is a junior, a senior, or a graduate. Uh, so these guys have played a lot of football. They are ranked in whatever they are this week in the ranking six, I think, in the FCS, six in the country uh, as well in FCS. Uh, they led the nation last year in takeaways. I'm sure you guys knew that. So nobody created more turnovers than their defense did last year. We were pretty good on defense. I think we had 24 that we created last season. And we were second in the SEC. These guys created 29. They had six the other night, six turnovers in their game. And then they also led the nation in block kicks. So we pride ourselves on playing good special teams around here. They blocked more kicks than anybody in the country last year as well. And then you say, well, they're – uh, that's great and all, but you're an SEC football team, and we are. But these guys also went to Clemson last year, outgained them uh, in total offense. Furman's quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, went 31 of 40 against Clemson last season, rushed for over 100 yards against Clemson, held Clemson to under around 150 yards of rushing, and held Clemson to seven points in the second half. So they won't be wide-eyed coming in here on Saturday night. So if anybody thinks that's the case and that this is a take-a-breath week, you're sorely mistaken. Us, our team, fans, this is a really good team coming in here, and we need to play uh, really, really well. But confident. All right, buddy, so you buying it? Furman, is, I mean, is this a trap game here? Hell no, man. This is not. <laughs> and, and I don't know if he's pumping them up more so that he can – They beat Tennessee Tech 45-10 last week. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Mercer won week one too, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if this is just kind of getting, you know, people back on their side. Like when we beat this team, <laughs> you'll see. We're back. We're fine. We're okay. I don't know if that's the, yeah. the mentality, but I kind of hate this. I hate – kissing ass of other programs, especially when they're inferior opponents, you know, which right. Furman is. There's no right, reason. Right. I don't want to look back and it's third quarter and this is a ball game because I'm going to think of shit comments like this. I'm going to say, <laughs> Beamer, golly, what are you doing? Eating hot dogs at half? What's going on here? <laughs> and what other thing? I mean, obviously a, a lot of questions he got about the offensive line. Yeah. Can they get it corrected? There's players out. Uh, really bad news because uh, one of their linebackers is yeah. uh, is out for the season. Yeah, Mo Kaba, Shane, out two years in a row now due to injury. So that was a tough one. But the offensive line, I did like this comment, Shane, from Beamer. He's, he's showing confidence in his guys here. He says, you better get your shots in while you can because we're 
It'll be one hell of an offensive line by the end of the season. <laughs> Today, just what did you see from the offensive line group in particular as they seem pretty eager to try and figure this out and your faith in them to be able to accomplish that? Yeah, my faith in the offensive line is high. I thought they were really good today. You know, we face a good defense each day in practice, we feel like, and they're throwing a lot at us. And, and I thought the whole team came out there with a good uh, temperament about themselves and, and eagerness to get back out on the field. And, and nobody feels good about Saturday night as well. Confidence in them is is uh, is high. We've got good players. I've seen that. Uh, this is not me seeking comfort, but the truth is, we Jalen Nichols was going to be a starting offensive tackle for us. Case and Henry started the game the other night. Both those guys are out right now. We lost three starters off last year's offensive line, so we've got a lot of new faces, and it's five guys that have to come together and gel, and it just doesn't happen like that, particularly when you have injuries like we've had with Marquee and and uh, Jacob Moore was kind of banged up throughout the summer, so he was limited in what he was able to do early on. So those guys will be fine. I got total confidence in them, total confidence in our offensive line, coaching, everything. So I know everybody right now, they're the easy targets to get, you know, to criticize the offensive line. Well, get your shots in now is what I would tell people. And then when they start playing their ass off as this year goes throughout the season, make sure you're giving them credit too as the year goes on also. Excuse my language. My kids are going to be mad at me now when I get home. So I'm trying to be better with H-E-L-L and that as well. So I'm off to a bad start also. Shane, Beamer, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't fight us as dumbass media people. Don't. It's not worth it, you know. Just do do the Saban approach, you know. Right. Like just do your job. Come out here. You had a bad. You had a bad game. Yeah. But when you start worrying about what people are saying about you, you know that's that's terrible. That's just, I don't know how to word it. It's just I want him to stop. I wish I could. I hope he's listening to this one because clearly he he watches all these shows. Turn <laughs> us off. <laughs> you no, know? don't listen to us. We'll 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 praise you. When you do good, we're going to kick you when you do bad. You did bad last week. Go out there. Let let the football games dictate what we're talking about the next Wednesday or Thursday when these shows are coming out. So, yeah, yeah it's just I, – I, that's the one thing that drives me nuts about Beamer. And, he's again, he's a little younger than most of the coaches and stuff like that. He doesn't like when people are talking bad about him, but – you know, that's why I don't read YouTube comments, you know, because I know <laughs> there's some bad ones out there. I let Mike filter through them. And, and you know, I think one of the best ones was, what did they say? Two plumbers. That, that was my favorite one that you sent to me. Uh, was that a Florida State guy? Of course, yeah. of course. That's all our mentions are right now is Florida State yeah, people. these two plumbers talking college football. <laughs> uh. Well, Shane, you know, they made – we may not want Beamer to listen to that, but we do want him. Listen to this, brother. We're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today and use that promo code, that S-E-C, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, and sign up. Using that promo code, Shane, they'll give you a 50% instant deposit match today, up to 1000 bucks. so you could be uh, having... Two thousand bucks in your account, or it was fifty percent? No, fifteen hundred. Right, <laughs> you can have fifteen hundred bucks in your account today, and hey, as long as you fade our picks, I mean that's about as close as a, a winner as you're going to get on the internet here. So uh, join my bookie today. New users promo code that 
SEC. This will tremendously help out the podcast. If you're on the fence, my bookie, uh, fast payouts, legal all across the United States. Head on over to mybookie.ag today and don't forget that promo code that SEC. There's a link in the show notes for you to sign up. I'm 0 and 4 on locks, Mike. 0 and 4. <laughs> I, we talked about this 200 or $400 scenario. Yep. You'd be up to 10 grand right now. I mean, <laughs> you could almost buy a small house. Well, not these days, but maybe a garage or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we had one uh, send us a koozie pick from Puerto Rico. I think that's what he did. He did three <laughs> three of my locks, and he got the hell out of this country, man. I mean, this could be used. So jump on there to my bookie and start fading the shame. If I, Hey, we'll talk. We'll have fun. But if we could do it and you make money in the process, it's a pretty good day. Yep. And we're also brought to you by Game Time Sidekicks. Check out this up from Cousin Shane here, Joe Milton, NIL edition over at Game Time Sidekicks, and the promo code SEC will get you 20% off your entire order over at Game Time Sidekicks. They've got every SEC school represented, every Power Five program represented. Shane, guess you want to troll one of these, you're one of your cousins that's, that's doing it wrong and not sporting the SEC. They got you covered over at Game Time Sidekicks, and don't forget that promo code at the checkout. SCC will get you 20% off your entire order. This is officially licensed NCAA memorabilia, and this is a small company. Help a small business help the podcast by heading over to Game Time Sidekicks and using that promo code SCC for 20% off your entire order. And I'm, dr- I'm drinking the out of the Joe Milton cup, and I'm going to keep, keep doing it. I'm going to keep drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> till he loses one for me. So, yeah. <laughs> But you help him out because I, what I like about it is, is there's a couple other players on there uh, for name, image, and likeness. So if you want to help not only the pod, but you want to help the kid out, you know, give him a little, little money in his pocket, support, you know, get over there. These guys got some fantastic products, Mike. Absolutely. All right, buddy, how about uh, Florida playing McNeese? Mm-hmm. They better win. McNeese lost to Tarleton State. Tarleton? I think. T-A, Tarleton, <laughs> I don't know. 52-34 last uh-huh. year. So this, I mean, this is a gimme right here, right? But O'Billy facing tough questions in, in by the media already. They're, they'll eat you alive down there in Gainesville, yep. Shane, if you don't win. What concerned him the most about week one and – why didn't he have his team more ready to play? I mean, these are not the questions that coaches want right out the gate. You mentioned not wanting to waste any time here. Is there a level of concern at all about when it comes to honing in on fundamentals and execution, just now that the season's here, now that you have to dedicate so much time to, to studying the opponent? Yeah, I think the big issue for me is the self-inflicted wounds, right? I think Gators beat the Gators in a lot of ways, not – that Utah was, wasn't deserving to win. But, you know, we like to say we like to control the things that we can control, and we didn't necessarily do that. Um, red zone miscues, you know, protection issues. Uh, we had a few plays on special teams that were significant in the game. So I do think that there were some positives that came out of the game. I do think we took a step forward on defense. Uh, I do think that we're close in a lot of ways. We got – some really good play from some individual players on special teams and offense. Uh, but there's work to be done for sure. Do you 
as a coaching staff that you had the team prepared to play because of the, the procedural issues. It seems like maybe the uh, maybe just first game jitters though. You know, I do. I was surprised by that, to be quite honest. You know, we had played pretty clean football. Scrimmages, practice setting. Uh, we'd done quite a bit of significant crowd noise work, you know. Uh, so those were surprising. I mean, I, I really felt confident our team was ready to play. Um, but, you know, you watch a weekend of college football, you see a lot of success, but you also see a lot of struggles. So, um, the key to the drill here is how we respond and how we adapt, right? And that's not just coaches, that's individual players. Um, and I, I think this group is ready to do that. Okay, I don't know if that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, clearly, Ooh. I mean, not ready against Utah, Shane, which was down so many players. I mean, we, we can only say the same thing so many times, but... I said that after our first live show. <laughs> we got done like, are you really ready for that? <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Shane. I mean, this is it's not exactly what I want to be hearing from my head coach, and which got yeah. 200 assistants, you know? Yeah, and I don't know if there really is right words for this, you know? Yeah. Um, at this point, I, I'm, not, I'm not burying Billy. But, you know, I, I heard on Feinbaum earlier today, he made a great point. He says, you know, the, the the rebuilds need to be immediate. This isn't, you know, you're not building a skyscraper, what, what he said. Right. That's what we all expect, and not just expect, demand. You know, when, when we hired Billy to begin with, was to go to places like Utah and beat them. You know, it wasn't to, well, in two more years, we'll be there. No. Yeah. Because in two more years, you won't. So I, I think the the talking's over, talking season's over, and, and coming out here, there's nothing Billy was going to say that I was just going to walk away and say, you know what, look, we're going to be all right. You you got to start putting some games together. You got Tennessee right around the corner. You're not prepared for the Vols. You prepare for the Vols for games like this one, McNeese State. This, this should be a uh, – the reason that you should watch this game, because if there's mistakes into this one, you know, it may not affect the box score, but it will when you play SEC opponents. So if we're still seeing stupid mistakes along the way, Florida Gators are in trouble. But if they clean it up, keep the penalties down, don't miss stupid assignments, then we can say, you know what, they, they have a shot to beat the Volunteers. And the only un- unfortunate thing about this week, Shane, I mean, McNeese, they, this is a pick-your-score game. They yeah. should win by like 60, 70 points. But it's almost like a no-win situation because that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. And God forbid it's, I don't know, 17-0 to zero at halftime. Right. Like that's – the whole na- nation's going to be laughing at the floor. I mean, there's pressure, I think, a little bit to, to kind of come out here and blow the doors off McNeese, which is, which is what we're all expecting – and that's why I think it's almost like a no no win situation because there's nothing you can do this week that is going to make up for last week. You know what? Yeah, and you gotta you gotta you know again the locker room too. You you, you got to please everybody. Uh, um, we joked the other week when Etienne's brother tweeted out, <laughs> you know, about him going to Colorado because Prime <laughs> will play him. You know what I'm saying? Like Billy may not care about that comment, but Etn does. You know what I'm saying? And ETN wants to play in the NFL. You can't do that if he has no opportunities to carry the ball. Yeah. So what does it look like at the end of the season? Yeah, you may 
find your way through the year and, and, and maybe even make a bowl game. But do you think some of these kids are going to stick around and not get showcased like they think they should? Or these recruits that you're, you know, that's where we're, where everybody says, hey, the recruits coming in, the recruits coming in. Well, if the recruits are seeing the players not getting the playing time they deserve, then they're not going to come in. So right. uh, McNeese is, is a, Pivotal game because just like I said earlier, it's kind of an opportunity to get back to the roots of what you want to do in, moving forward. If it is to let Mertz throw a thousand times a game, but then keep doing it, you know. Right. But kiss the running backs goodbye because nobody's going to want to play with you. Yeah. Uh, another one, pick your score type game. Shane Grambling at LSU. Grambling lost to Hampton mm. last. Not a. Not a great program, but yeah. uh, this is like the million-dollar question right now in Baton Rouge. What the hell are they doing with Harold Perkins? He was mm-hmm. a complete non-factor in the Florida State game, how they utilized him. Yeah. What is the plan moving the forward? Film as far as Harold Perkins' performance, can this team afford to not have him see ball, get ball? Well, you know, certainly a um, question – that we have talked about, um, there's a lot going on. Um, and you could clearly um, look at uh, Harold and what he's asked to do versus, you know, lining him up off the edge. Um, player development has to be thought about. Um, you know, where he goes uh, at the next level has to be thought about. Um, and then impacting our team. So I think that there is a... Um, I think there's a happy medium there uh, that we could probably strike, uh, and we've already begun to look at um, how we can be most effective for, for Harold and for LSU. One of the best, the less best rushers in the country. <laughs> Let's just not let them. Yeah, here's and here's the thing, Shay. Maybe maybe this is something Harold Perkins is demanding. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Shane in the NFL, yeah. who gets paid more. Middle linebackers or edge rushers that get to the quarterback. I mean, it's 99 out of 100. It's the edge rusher. That's where you want to be. So I don't understand this at all. And this has got to get fixed. And this this has been an issue. After the Tennessee game, when they got their ass whooped by Tennessee, Perkins didn't play, Shane, because they said, well, we had to be a nickel, and we couldn't keep them on the field because we had too many defensive backs. And they said, well, you better switch that fucking defense. And they switched (laughs) it. And, and, And the rest is history. They have got to – I think they got to abandon this because this is garbage. We just had a nationally televised game with our best player made no impact because of the, the position they're putting him in. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And that's that's philosophy 101 in college football. You, you get your best 11 out there and you put them in the best opportunities to, to make an impact for your team. And that's, that's why we were so frustrated with the LSU game. Yeah. Florida State wasn't just – abundantly better than LSU. It's just they played better, you know? And and I think that's where we're scratching our head at the end of the – like Brian Kelly is a Hall of Famer coach, you know? This is a guy that is one of the top winningest coaches to ever do it. And, and he doesn't accidentally do that. It just kind of, I don't know, blows my mind that, that we were in this situation to begin with. You got, you got a dude like Perkins – he should be your – He you do whatever Perkins wants to do. If, if Perkins wants to be on the edge, you put his ass on the edge and you let it work. I don't care what formation you're in. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback because that's what he's really good at doing. Yep. 
Uh, two two cupcakes to close out here, Shane. Austin P at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Any what are you looking for from your Vols this weekend? Stay healthy. Um, first one, and then again, I know it's Austin P, but I want to see some. I want to see some downfield shots. Uh, we we got to see a little bit of it, but it just seems like Tennessee just wasn't in sync with Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Florida Gators right around the corner, you're gonna have to have that dialed in. So, yeah, let's let Joe have some fun out there. And, and more importantly, let's get Nico out a little bit sooner. You do that by putting a lot of points up early. So I don't know if that's what Hopper wants, but that's what volunteer fans want. Yeah. I, w- I want to see the defense yeah. do it again, be dominant, at, even at a at obviously a lesser opponent than last week. Mm-hmm. But if they dominated Virginia, they should be able to dominate this team, keep that momentum going, going into the Florida game, because maybe, maybe this is a, a lockdown-type yeah. defense. They got to continue that and, and play a lot of guys and show that. I want to see some of the young uh, players in the secondary, particularly the freshmen. I'd like yeah. to see them get some action in this one. And I think the key to the season, Shane, everybody's – and I get it, Nico, Milton, and these receivers. But I think Tennessee, they're only going to go as far as they can run the ball. Yeah. And that was critical in the Virginia game. Once they got the running game going, it opens up everything else. Because I don't think Joe Milton – I think he could be a really good player, but I don't think there's many games where they're just going to say, "This is on you, Joe." Yeah, and you got to throw it all over the yard and, and beat Bama and beat Georgia. I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to win that way. I think it's. It's got to be fifty-fifty. Yeah, got to be able to run the ball, and then he's got that massive arm can throw it over the. Because as soon as those safeties come down, they're they're screwed. Yeah, because Joe will throw it right over you. So I think that it's critical. Austin P. I mean, they should rush for about three hundred yards, but I want to see that again. They got it because they got to get this offensive line going heading yeah. into that Florida matchup. That's what I'll have my eyes I also, on. Also, I, I want to see how they approach that. You know, because we we got Jalen right out of the gate, but then it became. I mean, it's it's a committee. Yeah, but all these guys are going to come in, and it seems like they they really do play the hot hand here. Do they continue that week two, or is there going to be a little bit more scripting, trying to get maybe small involved, or you know, hell, it could really be a four-headed monster by the time the end of the season. So uh, Tennessee's loaded back there in the running backs, and I just kind of want to see how that plays out with Austin P as well. Final game: Eastern Kentucky at Kentucky. Shane, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky lost to Cincinnati, sixty-six to thirteen. So mm-hmm. not a great defense here, but. Uh, what do you be looking for from the Wildcats? You know, getting out of there early, grab a bite to eat after, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I joke. I just, you know, we had a few injuries uh, last week, and some people are blaming that turf up there. So I want to kind of keep an eye on that. But also yeah. I want to I want to keep an eye on this offensive line, see how they keep improving, um, see if Larry gets a little bit more accurate, a little yep. bit, you know, maybe get he got the heebie-jeebies out, you know, got those 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 jitters out, so now mm-hmm. he can kind of settle into that role. So I'm not expecting a whole lot, obviously, but you know, that's the beauty of Kentucky's schedule. It's, it 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 ramps up slowly, and they're going to have time, but. You know, there's 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 a finish date, and when you hit that SEC play, that you can't work work it out anymore. So, right, um, I feel like this is the last opportunity for a tune up, if you will. Right, yeah, I, I want to see more consistent offense, like you were saying. Defense scored a touchdown, should have been two last yeah. week. I want to see that again. Mm-hmm. This defense flying all over the place, very quick. 
Barry and Brown had him a kick yeah. return. I'd love to see another yeah. one, Shane. I mean, we could be talking the best kick returner in the SEC. So, Special teams of the week last week was in Kentucky. Yeah. All the way around. Right. So, I mean, this appears to be a complete team here. I want to see that should translate to a, a team like Eastern Kentucky. Should just blow their doors off. Yeah. You know what? Absolutely. I mean, it's not going to be close. So, <laughs> uh, but again, Leary, just I, I want I want the confidence. I want the Leary that we were expecting to get week one. Obviously, we didn't get that. But the more you play, the more chemistry you establish with these receivers. I, I think we'll we'll be fine in that regard. But uh, it's just the offensive line too. Just get. I, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Ray Davis here, but again, similar to some of these other teams we talked about, if Kentucky just wants to run the ball, they should be able to do that against Eastern Kentucky. So um, I want to see that. I want to make sure that, hey, these, these this line's going to be okay. This should be a game where Mark Stoops' blood pressure does not get as high as it did in the <laughs> opener. You know what? <laughs> it shouldn't, but he was a fiery coach, man. He's been losing weight, you know, yeah. so now he's even more feisty on the sidelines. So yep. <laughs> don't want to beat up a ref or anything. All right, well, so we went a little long. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, man. Uh, again, we got some, we got a slate of awesome college football coming up this weekend. Looking forward to that. So be sure to get all your bets in. Uh, we'll be doing picks before you know it. Uh, don't forget, Thursdays are live shows. Yep. Uh, Sundays and Thursdays at 6 o'clock. So be sure to get on YouTube, subscribe to that, get your notifications on so you can see this mug in live action. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.